grab your coat and get your hat. Leave your worry on the doorstep. Just direct your feet to sunny side of the street. Welcome to Ken's Bulls and Bears Report. This is Ken Roberts. Please remember that opinions expressed here for educational purposes. For specific investment advice, consult your own advisor. My guest today is Paul Merriman. Paul, how are you? Thanks for joining me. You know, Ken, it is absolutely a thrill to be back and for you to be back and to start out with the sunny side of the street. What a joy. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's great to be back. It was a, it's been a rough couple of years after the accident, and um, I'm coming around. And it's, it's great to have you on the show, too. Thank you. So let's get – you've had some excellent podcasts come out recently. One of the newest ones that I saw was, um, should investors believe the predictions of catastrophic future returns? Well, I mean, let's face it. There are a lot of people, Ken, that they get paid big bucks to scare people, to get people stirred up, to get them to do something. And, of course, oftentimes that means doing something with the people that are spreading the catastrophic information. So Mm -hmm. we always have to be aware of that. But the other side of the coin is, is that there's always a list of bad news, always. Mm -hmm. And, and, And I've noted this. I've been in the business since basically 1966, and and there's always a catastrophic way of looking at what's going on. And so if you're going to be a long-term investor, and if you're going to be a buy-and-holder, which most people believe they want to be, then you're going to have to ignore those catastrophic kinds of predictions because they're counterproductive. They turn you... From uh, from being a buy and holder to wanting to be a market timer, and that is one of the worst mistakes that people can make. Now, I think the other side of the coin that's really important for investors to understand is that some markets become catastrophic in many ways. Particularly, let's say a person who's just coming into retirement. If you were just coming into retirement in 1930. And by 1939, the stock market itself had lost uh, less than 1% a year, but it, 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 it didn't change the fact that it was very volatile and that you could have been down certainly 50% without, without any problem. And the equity is part of your portfolio. The same thing happened in 2000 through 2009. Twice the market was down about 50% during that decade. In fact, the returns of the lost decade, 2000 to 2009, those were greater losses than what were sustained in the 1930 to 39. So part of the process of being an investor is understanding that there are going to be these bear markets, and sometimes they're pretty devastating, but they don't even necessarily come from somebody's predicting them. They come for reasons people didn't even expect. Mm-hmm. So you got to get the historical perspective if you're going to be a really good buy and hold long-term investor. That makes sense because you know for news people like to put things out there that are scary to to you know generate fear and get people motivated to to look at that so they'll make these kind of predictions and also, a lot of events that can set off declines in the stock market are, are unpredictable. You know, geopolitical events, natural disasters can do things like that, and they're, they're not possible to predict either. Well, and of course, it's not possible to predict what the market's going to do under any conditions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet there are people always trying to take center stage. If they say one thing that turns out to be right or two, and they'd like people to believe that they got more of those kind of calls in there. They're just waiting to tell you when to get in and get out. That is hogwash. Nobody, nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen. That, that makes sense. And some of the those articles, too, sometimes they'll be linked to someone that's just trying to sell you sell you something, like a, you know, a newsletter or something like that, and that's what they use to market it. Um, what are the most important investment decisions that people have to make? 
Well, Ken, I wrote a book a couple of years ago called We're Talking Millions, 12 Simple Ways to Supercharge Your uh, your Retirement. We make that, that book available uh, free in a PDF format and, by the way, okay. uh, in an audio uh, file. But hmm. the, the really big decisions of the $12 million decisions is number one, you might say, well, that would be the decision to actually save and invest. But, but really, in terms of having an impact over a lifetime, and I'm talking many millions of dollars because of this decision, is the decision to be in stocks over bonds. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know on a short-term basis, the stock market is, is up and oftentimes down, and it could feel real scary. But when you look longer term, the stock market isn't down at all. In fact, there's there's never been a 40-year period that you didn't make almost 9% or better in the S&P 500. So, so it really is a big decision. And if, if I could just put a dollar sign on it, for every extra half a percent you make during your lifetime, this could be true from from retirement on, by the way, if you live long enough in retirement, is a million dollars, every extra half a percent. And stocks, stocks pay about 5% plus more than bonds historically. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? It means particularly for a young person, a young person who's using stocks instead of bonds has an opportunity in their lifetime to literally add on anywhere from 5 to $10 million in returns. And I'm not talking about people putting away a ton of money. I'm talking about people who are just doing a Roth IRA or something like that every year. It doesn't take much with compounding to turn money with a decent return into millions. So that, that of course, I think is, a, is, is really huge. But the other one, and this one is really a slippery slope for people to try to figure out what does it mean. But I will tell you from my experience, Ken, and that's almost 60 years in this industry, the decision to be a buy and holder versus a market timer. And market timing is something that, well, we know that most people in the industry say, I don't know, you shouldn't do market timing. But, but follow what they actually do, what they recommend. They're often recommending you should have more money in bonds right now. You should have more money in international. You should have more money in small cap value. Every one of those you should have something now is a piece of market timing advice. Mm-hmm. And I really believe the folks who are going to come out way ahead are the ones that stay the course through thick and thin, and they don't chase recent performance, which, of course, is just another kind of market timing. So... Those, those, the, the stocks and the buy and hold, you get those two together, you got one powerful combination. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Be right back with Paul Merriman. Slice the sandwiches every day. Made right before your eyes, the portal subs way. Could be a smoking number five or a classic number eight. Or maybe an Italian is a number one phase. Whatever you crave, prepare to fall in love. Slice the sandwiches, portal subs. Summer is here, and Port of Sub's Summer Two-Foot Pack is a great way to grab a meal and head off to your summertime adventure. Our two-foot packs are just $29 and include one of our 18 classic two-foot subs loaded with premium meats and cheeses and all of your favorite toppings, your choice of four bags of chips, and four fresh-baked desserts. Visit your neighborhood Port of Subs or order ahead at portofsubs.com for pickup or delivery. Port of Subs, slicing fresh for 50 years. Whatever your number, your dream. You hear it all the time. Buy local, think local, eat local, choose local, grow local. But who the heck really is local? You can shop with locals at the Nevada Marketplace in the Reno Town Mall and search for locals at buynevadafirst.com. We're all local all the time.
Hi, this is Eddie Floyd. Let me tell you about my favorite nonprofit public charity, Wynema Wild Horse Sanctuary, located on the Forsyth Ranch in Hallelujah Junction area. And please go to www.wynemaranch.com. That's W-Y-N-E-M-A ranch.com. One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Years 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mom. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Betty can't say that in reverse. For those fortunate enough to help the person who has always been their hero, find the care guides you need to help at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Ken's Bulls and Bears Report. This is Ken Roberts. My guest today is Paul Merriman. Paul, um, what are the biggest financial mistakes that retirees make? Well, uh... You know the one that that really is uh, is sad often because it's so easy to do, and that is they don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have a plan, it it can lead to taking too much risk. It can lead to taking too little risk. It could lead you to believing things that that aren't likely sore soul, like the the, the risk of the sequence of returns. That could lead to overpaying expenses. And so my belief is the number one thing to, to fight those financial mistakes that retirees make is to put a plan together. Now, some people can do that on their own. Some people need to get some help. And I'm not suggesting you have to go hire somebody to manage your money for the next 40 years to get it done. There are people that you can pay by the hour to help you do that. And even if you've done a plan, I highly recommend you take it and you show it to a professional, and that's what they do. Give them, I mean, it might take an hour, two hours at the most, probably cost you somewhere between, I don't know, 250 to $500. But you're talking about the rest of your life. So, I might add one other thing, Ken. It doesn't hurt to get a second opinion, mm-hmm. and, and because you're you're you got to do the right thing from now on. You're not going back to work. You are the boss. It is you paying you, and I want you to be able to do that right. I, I think our website can help a lot in that regard. But you know something? There are lots of books on the topic. Get the plan together. That makes sense. And education is the key. to It's a complicated world, investing, taxes. It's complicated. Get advice and educate yourself. And can you tell people how you to know, find it? May I just plant a little thought here? Sure. You know, it is complex in many ways. Mm-hmm. But they now have products, investment products, that at age 21, you can choose the year you want to retire Put your money into a target date fund. It not only invests it the way it's supposed to be invested according to some of the brightest people in the business until you're 65, let's say, but it mm-hmm. keeps on investing that money the way it's supposed to be. Right. Maybe till you're 95 and the end of your life. You know, there are some very simple solutions today that they didn't have certainly when I came into the business. That makes sense. That's good for people to understand about. Um, is there a new tool to help people invest in specific funds? Well, uh, you know, our business, our foundation, we're all about finding new tools to help 
people. Sure. And, uh, and and I've, I've got a couple of them, Ken, since we last talked. One is okay. we have a lifetime investment calculator that anybody can access, which takes all of the tons of data that we have going back many decades and allow you with all sorts of different combinations of stocks and bonds and big stocks and small stocks and value and growth, et cetera, to put your numbers, how much you have now, how much you're going to save, and even, and I love this aspect of it, if I show you the last 52 years, you might say, Paul, you know, that 52 years bonds did better than we expect them to do, and that 52 years stocks did better than we expected them to do. So this software allows you to say, okay, take 1% off all the numbers, take one and a quarter percent, take 2% off, and see how the strategy uh, holds up over time, whether you're in accumulation stage or distribution. Uh, and, and that's at paulmerriman.com. And the other thing that we have, I think, that'll be helpful as a tool, a lot of people, they know what kind of funds they want to be in, but they don't know the funds that mm-hmm. they want to be in. And so we have a list of funds. One of them is the best in class ETFs, which will help people select, we believe, to select the very best ETFs to be in, whether you're talking small cap value, large cap value, international, emerging markets, REITs, whatever you're interested in, we're giving you at least our best free advice. Okay. And that's at paulmerriman.com, right? Right. Okay. And people can also get a copy of your book there? They can. Uh, there's a okay. place where you can order a, the free. It's a PDF now. You're not going to get a free. If you want to yeah. go to Amazon and pay money, you can do that. Okay. But if you just want, and by the way, the reason I like it, the, I'd rather get you have you get the free book than pay for it. Okay. Mostly because once you get that, that, that link to the book, you can send that to everybody in your family, and they can get a free copy. Oh, great. Okay. And that's right on the website. And then they can Correct. take the money they saved by not buying the book and invest it in the market for the long term. I like that. Okay. What, Paul, what is one asset class that every stock investor should own? Well, this is a toughie because okay. I will tell you the one that most people would probably would, would, would be my answer because it's the one that Warren Buffett recommends and it's the one that uh, – J.L. Collins, uh, who is a very well-known advisor to the FIRE people, people who are trying to retire young, Mm -hmm. they would say S&P 500. No, uh, that's fine, by the way. I think having the S&P 500 in your portfolio is good. But if you want to get the best long-term return for your money in an asset class, equity asset class, that has been the number one performer in every 20 year period that has been small cap value not the s&p 500 and here i am 78 years old my wife and i have half of our money in equities the other half in bonds and of all the equities we have 25 percent are in small cap value now that may not be right for a lot of people but i'm thinking at least 10 percent should be in small cap value, it will legitimately give you a chance to raise your return, even 10%, as much as a half a percent a year. And remember, a half a percent, that could mean an extra million dollars, certainly over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you mentioned the FIRE movement. What does that stand for? It's uh, Financial Independence Retire Early. Okay. Okay. Ken, I don't know how much you know about these people, young people. Some of them, I know a young guy in his 30s, he's saving 70% of what he makes so that he will be able to do what he wants for the most of the rest of his life. And, And there are people staying at home, living with their parents longer, just so they can put money away. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a serious effort. And, of course, people make fun of them Mm -hmm. because it seems kind of crazy. You know, know, this, this, uh, what do they say, you only live once, YOLO? Well, 
you only live once means spend the money today, live it up, enjoy it. These people believe I want to spend the majority of my life doing what I doggone well please, not answering to some boss. And they're, they're disciplined to sacrificing fun today in many cases in order to have a, a long lifetime of freedom. So it's a serious group. And of course, these people talk about needing to do the right thing with your money to retire forever when you're 40 or 50 years old. That is even more important than the 65 or 70 or 75 year old. Because like in my case, at 78, I mean, how much longer do I need this? I mean, not long, but for a 40 year old who's trying to retire, they got to have their act together when it comes to putting together the right portfolio. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And he's saving 70% of his income? Yep. That's huge. <laughs> it, Paul, and by the way, go ahead. I'll just, I'll just add to that. It's not only the fact that they're saving it, but they're investing it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things about the FIRE movement. There are a yeah. lot of people out there trying to help them and help them for nothing because these FIRE these fire people, they are so unbelievable frugal. They don't want to pay for anything mm-hmm. that they don't have to. Okay, that makes sense. And like you said earlier, too, have a plan. So if young people are having a plan and the, the funds and asset classes they're investing in, the amount they're investing, and dollar cost averaging isn't a form of market timing, so to speak, but you take advantage of these dips in the market when you put a certain amount of money in on a regular basis, whether it's monthly or quarterly or some people even, you know, a couple times a month out of every paycheck with their yep. 401k. And people are getting an employee yeah. match on their 401k contribution should certainly take advantage of that, at least contribute enough to get that full match. And that money's doubling before it even goes in. And then the dollar cost averaging in and out of the market, dollar cost average in, as you build your savings, and then when you retire, you also average out for income. It makes a lot of sense. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Paul Merriman. Charbecue the Butcher's Kitchen would like to thank every customer for your loyalty and continued support through these challenging times. Call for takeout and delivery of rib tips, brisket, ahi tuna, roasted veggies, and much more. Charbecue is open from 11 to 7. Monday through Saturday and delivers hot food safe and healthy. Call 499-5855 for details. 499-5855 Charbecue as featured on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Get real. Get into Charbecue Reno. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, It's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, What? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. 
Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Meet Ingrid, fiery spirit, caring grandma, proud trucker. I've logged more than 4 million miles in my truck. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. I was driving outside of Ohio when a gentleman stopped suddenly in front of me. But it takes my 80,000-pound truck 200 yards to stop. I'd given myself extra room, but it's not a chance worth taking. It's It's our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Welcome back to Ken's Bulls and Bears Report. This is Ken Roberts speaking with Paul Merriman today. Paul, do you have any more comments? You were, I think you were about to say something right before the commercial break. Well, I was, I was just going to say you got me all excited with all those things that you were saying, but okay. I wanted to add something. Sure. Here's a story for you. All right. A 17-year-old father borrows a copy of my book from a friend, gives it to the daughter to read. She then writes to me and says, would you talk to me? And I couldn't turn her down. Right. So I got on the phone and talked with her. She is going to put away $6,000 a year for the next five years into small cap value inside of a Roth IRA. And she knows exactly where she's going to get the money because she's a workaholic Hmm. and a good student and all those things that that uh, sometimes is exciting to find in a young person. So after that five years, she will have front-loaded her investments in small-cap value, and then she stops putting money into small-cap value because if small-cap value is anywhere even close to where it's been for the last 50-plus years, it will compound probably at least at at 12% a year, but particularly if the S&P 500 compounds at 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. If at the end of that five years, she stops and just lets it go until she's 65 and then start taking money out of that body of money for retirement at a rate of 4%, and if she leaves it in there until she's 95, she will have taken distributions and left money to her heirs to the tune of $68 million. Wow. And that's the beauty. You asked earlier about, you know, what are the what are the things that are important to do? Well, one is invest early, mm-hmm. and the second is to invest for growth. Now, I'm not saying, and I told her, if this works like I think it'll work for her, I'll be long dead, so I'll never mm-hmm. know, but... My belief is, if it works as small cap value has in the past, she won't need to be that aggressive for the rest of the money that she puts in uh, into her 401k or whatever she uses to put money away. So uh, it's a it's a it's a huge win for me because all I'm trying to do is in my retirement because I don't get a penny out of any of this stuff. I just want to help people do better. And boy, the younger we can get them. In fact, I've got a new granddaughter coming to us in the family in October. We've already got a plan as a family what we're doing for her. So it is amazing. Get the plan, get the money, and get the patience. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on the granddaughter. That's exciting. Thank you. Our first granddaughter. Great. Paul, is it possible to invest successfully with just two funds? You know, uh, yes, I absolutely believe that that it is. And and, uh, I suspect you're talking about the podcast and the articles that we've written about the combination of the S&P 500 and small cap value. Now, you see, you've got Warren Buffett rooting for the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. You've got me and a whole bunch of other people rooting for small cap value. The beauty is those two asset classes, equity asset classes, so often perform admirably at different times. So you put the two together, and this is the part, I, the two parts of that I love, the first part is you actually 
have lower losses with the two of them together than the S&P 500 on its own. Okay. Secondly, over the last 52 years, or this, by the way, would also be true over the last 94 years, you will add about 1.7% compound rate of return over time. And I said earlier in this interview that for every half a percent, you could be adding more than a million dollars. So I love that combination of small cap value and the S&P 500. Yes, there are other combinations that make more, but not with so little risk. And so I hope people will come to our website and see those studies. Okay. Um, another thing I saw in your podcast recently was, um, are there really 150 model portfolios that are performing well? Well, the, the idea of that, of that article uh, and podcast came from an article that in 2014 was written by the guy who runs the White Coat Investors website. And mm-hmm. what he said in 2014, he said, here are 150 portfolios, different combinations of big and small and value and growth and U.S. and international and emerging markets and REITs, I mean, all these, and commodities and bonds, et cetera, that he had looked at and had performed well over a long period of time. And what he was saying was, most people who were trying to do this on their own, trying to find the right combination through some sort of a feeling of what they think is going to work, there are tons of systems that work. The problem is not finding the systems. It's finding the investors who have the discipline to stay the course, which, by the way, Ken, I think for some people who are always chasing kind of what's hot recently, they're probably better off having a combination of two or three different strategies. Mm -hmm. So they diversify their strategies in the hopes that these fear, this fear and greed that seems to take people over, that they can get out of this mode of chasing performance. And, and, And by the way, there's another guy over in Europe as a website he has 243 portfolios you can go look at, and it's wow. called uh, Einstein Portfolios. Hmm. Uh, okay. and, 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 and so there's no, no shortage of good ways to put different asset classes together. And, of course, as you and I both know, nobody knows which one is going to be the best. And if what you do is bail out every time something you're in isn't doing well you're going to spend your life chasing your tail you're going to be you're going to be chasing systems that just recently did well in exchange for things that recently didn't do so well and you're going to find out you have a lower rate of return than if you'd simply stayed the course with what was the right thing to do in the beginning which is what our work is is all about trying to help people find those combinations Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. That's one of the most common mistakes I've seen people make and people I've talked to and so forth is basically chasing performance. They select managers by their maybe their most recent quarter or even funds or individual stocks, and it doesn't mean it's going to continue. Yeah. Absolutely. What are seven things that people should be doing with their retirement portfolio? Well, the... the these seven things, and, I, and this is really self-serving. Okay, I got to I got to warn people because right. it's not self-serving for a sales pitch. It's self-serving to explain what our foundation is trying to help people do. Okay, we are not uh, estate planners. We're not tax experts. We're not certified financial planners. We are not investment advisors. We are teachers that's all we are and 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 i no longer i am retired from the investment advisory business but Mm -hmm. we view our life about helping people understand seven things the first one is to understand what equity asset classes they should have in their portfolio okay second one is to help people understand how much of each of these equity asset classes 
could they be using in combination? The third one is whatever equity asset class combination you're using, how much should you have in bonds? The next thing is to understand the implications of accumulating money because accumulating money is very different than the period that you're taking distributions. So helping people understand those differences. And then we do get to retirement and we're into understanding the different ways to take money out of retirement, fixed or flexible, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, inflation adjusted or not. And finally, uh, I, I think it is important to have a, a glide path for your life. And that means what is the, in essence, the exit strategy from equities into some part of your portfolio in, in fixed income? And the final thing is, and this one's a hard one, because for a lot of people, it's easy to understand the idea of I want some big and small in my portfolio. But they don't want to take the time or have the expertise to actually select the best mutual funds or ETFs to be in. So we tell you the ones that we think are the best. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not helping people one at a time. I mean, Ken, you're in the business of helping people one at a time. That's an entirely different business than being a teacher. And 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 so when I say these are the, the seven kind of golden things we're trying to teach, uh, we know at the end of the day, everybody needs to understand their own personal situation. And for that, most of you need a professional to help you do that. It's hard to be objective about money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've worked with a lot of couples, and oftentimes those couples come in your office. One is conservative. The other one is aggressive. One's beating his chest, you know, trying to beat the market, mm-hmm. and the other just wants to protect what they've got. That part of the business is magic, and I don't want any part of it because it means a commitment in time that as a retiree, I just don't have. And I'm happy there are people like you out there to do it. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that those things are on the, the website, too. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Paul Merriman. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-432-8150. 800-432-8150. That's 800-432-8150. In northern Nevada, there's a -a one-of-a-kind home that provides temporary overnight lodging when veterans or family members are receiving medical care in the Reno area, some from hundreds of miles away. Too often, overnight accommodations are a financial and logistical challenge. Stephanie Tanksley and her husband are veterans who come for treatment from Bishop, California. We were lucky enough to be connected to the guest house so that I could stay for 10 nights when my husband was in the hospital. So I was able to visit him every day. It was just a blessing. Veterans Guest House is privately supported by individual and community donations from people like you who recognize our responsibility to support our heroes. And no government money is received for day-to-day operation of the house. Please support this organization. The Veterans Guest House is an amazing resource for veterans. Supporting this organization is one of the best 
best ways that you can donate your time and your money just to help our veterans and their families. Find out how you can help at VeteransGuestHouse.org. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-432-8150. That's 800-432-8150. Welcome back to Ken's Bulls and Bears Report. This is Ken Roberts speaking with Paul Merriman today. Paul, you've mentioned some of this before, but um, how can the combo of S&P 500 and small cap value be less risky than the S&P 500 itself? Uh, That's a great question, and I think in some ways, Ken, it is one of the most important topics in the process of investing. Everybody almost would agree that you are better off having many stocks in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. Why? Because, well, number one, we don't know which ones are going to be most successful or least successful, and we know that over time there'll be periods where one group is just sailing right along while the other is temporarily in a holding pattern. And that idea of whole bunch of stocks in your portfolio uh, and, and, and that that is a smart thing to do. I don't know anybody, almost anybody, that, that, uh, that, that disagrees with that. There are a few people who believe you're supposed to find the two best companies and just put your money there and take the chance. But most believe in diversification. What they don't go on to say that is so important is the diversification of asset classes have the same impact as diversification of individual companies. Mm -hmm. And the S&P 500 is a large-cap blend, mostly driven by large-cap growth Mm -hmm. companies. On the other hand, in that two-fund strategy, when you have half of it in small-cap value, you have just picked up more premiums and one premium for small-cap and a second premium for value. Now you have a portfolio that is diversified between large and small, diversified between growth and value. And that, historically, pays a higher rate of return. And because of that diversification, in essence, the same as the diversification of, I- of different individual stocks gives you the ability to make good returns with less risk. Now, let me just tell you, this less risk is a big thing with the diversification of asset classes. Now, I want to go back to that period 2000 through 2009 okay. when the S&P 500 for a decade lost about 1% a year. And if you're taking money out of your portfolio and you're losing money every year at the same time, your portfolio is going to be down a lot by the end of, of, of 10 years. But if you had been diversified between big and small and value and growth and U.S. and international your returns could have been anywhere from 5% a year profit to 10% a year profit. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that there weren't other times that you would have been better off in the S&P 500. There were times you would have been better off. But it isn't about always having to be in the best. You're also trying to figure out how not to end up in the worst. Mm-hmm. And for a decade, by the way, There were two decades, 1970 through 79, that the S&P 500 was also the worst. Mm -hmm. So so I am saying that it's lower risk because it has a level of diversification that is better over time than the S&P 500 on its own. Okay. Is 
You mentioned uh, 70 to 79, the 2000 to 2009 periods. Is this the worst bear market ever? Uh, well, <laughs> no. Okay. I couldn't laugh because I know people aren't liking what's going on. It's frustrating. <laughs> but it is frustrating because you had plans to make money this year. Right. Let me, let me tell you the reality. And if you don't understand the reality, you're at the risk of bailing out when things are, are just fine. Now, Certainly, when the market is down, it doesn't feel like things are just fine. But but we have to have to have some idea of what life as an investor over a long period of time is likely to be like. I mean, if you expect in a new marriage, I mean, you have the what we call the courtship, then the honeymoon, then reality. And there are a lot of people who do just fine during the courtship and the honeymoon, but they don't do they don't do well with reality because they weren't ready for reality. So, what's the reality of bear markets? The average bear market depends kind of on what period you look at, though, can be anywhere from about four to five years that you have an average loss of 30%, Ken. Average. And averages are made of numbers higher and lower. So, there are times, and that 2000 through 2009, there were really two times the S&P 500 went down over 50%. Right. We haven't, nothing like that. As a matter of fact, a well-diversified portfolio is doing way better than the S&P 500 this year. Mm-hmm. Small cap value is down, I don't know, 11%, 10% versus the S&P 500. I don't know, it's down, what, 19% or something like that? Right. So, again, diversification, diversification is so powerful and yet, it doesn't mean you have to give up the right to a decent return. And if it helps you stay the course and get a decent return, you know, all the work that we've done and that you've done, it's going to be worthwhile in helping people do better for the long term. Okay. Talking about diversification, should people include cryptocurrencies in their portfolio these days? Well, I wouldn't go want to go more than fifty percent, Tim. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> thought that was a joke. Okay, uh, listen. Here's where I stand on cryptocurrency. Okay, I have a set of personal rules about what I will invest in, and they are all asset classes. I do the same thing I tell people to do. They are all asset classes that they have a history on. In many cases, going back a hundred years. And in looking back a hundred years, we see the good times, we see the bad times, and all of those companies, all of those companies, people are going to work, working to make a profit for the shareholders, working to pay themselves and the management, and everybody's trying to figure out how to get money out of this process. But they're producing stuff. They're 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 truly making the world go round uh, as the capitalist system works now yes there are a lot of crooks there and yes there are people who don't put a full day's work in but they're all they're all working toward this kind of a common goal for doing better for the long term and we know there are ways to judge how people are doing what's their earnings rate uh, what's their net book their book value uh, what's their cash flow per share? I mean, there's a, mm-hmm. a lot of ways to measure the goodliness or the badliness of the different companies. But I can't do any of that with a cryptocurrency. Right. I have no way to make judgments about a net value, a real value, and some way to measure it like we've been taught to measure things. Now, doesn't mean, by the way, that people won't make money in cryptocurrency, but my belief is that most people will be stripped of money they could have had in something more conservative for the long term that would have actually paid a return that would be a life changer. Cryptocurrency is a life changer for the people who developed the product and have continued to make money selling the product and trading the product and letting people hold the product inside of their safe or whatever it is where they, where they keep this. But as far as the end user getting a fair cut, I don't think they're going to get a fair cut. I know today 
I went into the business in the mid-60s. I know today that expense ratios are lower. I know that turnover and taxes are lower. I know that diversification is greater. I know all sorts of ways that over the last 50, 60 years that things have been made to be better for investors in these public companies. That is not true with cryptocurrency. For one thing, it's only a couple of years old. Mm -hmm. And if you said, hey, let's make some money trading currencies, I would say, what's the history of individuals and professionals trading currencies and making money? It turns out the studies show very few of them do make money trading other legitimate, when I say legitimate, commonly known currencies. Now we're talking about trading a kind of an unknown, and God, I would love to find somebody who could really explain to me how cryptocurrency work and why I should have the faith and confidence for these things to be using them to pay for a house or pay a car or give to your kids when you die. Now, not not for me, but that doesn't mean that it won't be good for the people who, who, that it's a product for. Because if you asked me, you could have asked me something else, Ken. You could have said, Paul, how do you feel about smoking? I'd say, well, I used to smoke, Ken, when I was in my 20s, and I stopped when I'm in 30, at 30, and I have not had a cigarette since. Good. I would say the same thing about speculation. Okay. I have not been a speculator for many, many decades. And, and by the way, I did a much better when I stopped speculating as an investor. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. We've only got about a minute left, but how can people find out what path their investments are on? Well, I, I, I think they, they need to understand what they're measuring. Mm-hmm. Because if you're measuring a, uh, a particular kind of a mutual fund, like a, kind of like an S&P 500 fund, you need to understand how diversified is your S&P 500 fund like compared to the S&P 500. What are the expenses? What are the turnover expenses? What are the tax implications? A lot of people don't know that the S&P 500 compared to actively managed funds like the S&P 500 pay about 1% more a year in taxes. So get to know the number. Okay. Thanks for joining me, Paul. Let's do this again in the near future. 